place it comfortably. So good evening everyone online and everyone in the room. I'd like to say a brief, a few brief words tonight about on the theme of um, deception. And uh, there is a koan, um, a lovely koan in the Munan Khan, which is called Yu Yang Calls Master. The priest, it's a very playful Khan. The priest Yu Yang called Master to himself every day and answered himself, Yes. Then he would say, Be aware and reply, Yes. Don't be deceived by others. No, no. And he would say this every day. And he would give a Dharma talk on it every day, get up on the rostrum and repeat this. What was he on about? They're nutters, aren't they, in teachers? And uh, Mumon's comment, Old Yu Yen buys himself and sells himself. He brings forth lots of angel faces and demon masks and plays with them. Why? Look, one kind calls, one kind answers. One kind is aware, one kind will not be deceived by others. If you still cling to an understanding, you're in trouble. If you try to imitate Yu Yen, your discernment is altogether that of a fox. <laughs> so what's all that about? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to speak to it so much as a, a koan tonight, um, other than to say that, um, as I said in the beginning, that Zazen is the experience of solitude. You're just alone, quiet, you just with your own being. And there's a, a wonderful, another wonderful saying from Zen literature. Um, a teacher is asked, what is a matter of special wonder? And he replies, sitting alone at Dayu Peak. You know, so to, to be awake in the world, you know, and to be at peace in the world, is to really be at home in yourself. We're all alone in the world. We all have our own private experience and we experience things through our, our body and our consciousness. Um, and to be home, just to be at home and at peace in that basic experience of just existing is, is the treasure of the same practice, really. And yet it's not... Um, a sense of alone as in being separate. You know, it's nothing to do with lonely. Because when we're in that, at home in that alone place, um, there's a sense of connectedness with everything. Um, we're kind of porous at the same time. So everything is connected and we're alone at the same time. That's the, the paradox of being alive. But I want to say a little bit more about deception more in the the, um, the the worldly sense of the word, not just in the existential dharma sense of it. Um, we commonly hear these days that one of the characteristics of um, mindfulness and meditation is to be non-judgmental, and it's true that there is, like Dogen said in the in the reading tonight, don't think about good and bad. You know, when you're sitting, that's about not being judgmental, just experience what is. But that's really only one side of it. 
And the other side of it is cultivating discernment, um, which is a kind of wisdom, a, a kind of wisdom. And discernment is you're sitting with your experience, but say you're sitting and an experience of, let's say, resentment comes up, you know, intense resentment. In one sense, you're not judging it as good and bad as in, oh, it's really terrible, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. You, you just experience it for what it is as a kind of a sensation or an energy. But at the same time, if you're engaging with, with Dharma practice, you're getting a sense of the unwholesomeness of that emotion. So you're making a judgment. You know, you're, you're discerning this is unwholesome. Um, I'm not going to practice this in terms of feeding it with stories and so on. I'm just going to observe it in this dispassionate way and experience it mindfully. But so there's these two things going on. It's too simple to say the practice is just non-judgmental. There is the cultivation of discernment that happens over, over a long period of time. And if you think about um, living in the world, um, then if we as human beings are conditioned by greed, hatred and ignorance, then we could assume other human beings are as well. You know, like neighbours, people we work with, you know, people down the street, people in other countries, other races, etc., etc., institutions, that human beings are universally, as the Buddha's teaching, are in the, the group of this to one degree or another, um, and we can mature out of it. We don't have to be in the group of it. But when you think that that's a pervasive kind of um, dynamic that's happening in the world, then, um, then institutions um, are driven by greed and hatred and ignorance of various kinds, you know, um, um, not just... Um, capitalist institutions, but um, political institutions, church institutions, a whole lot of things can be driven by those forces to one degree or another. And um, particularly in our modern world, where we are literally bombarded by advertising every day of our life, um, and we're so used to it that we probably don't realise that everywhere you go, you're bombarded with advertising. Now, if you, if you just take advertising as an example, if you went through the world with a non-judgmental attitude, like towards advertising, <laughs> you'd be duped every day, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. Yeah. Oh, just be non-judgmental, don't, don't judge it at all. Right? Um, and when you think of advertising, um, they're usually um, it's someone who's very attractive or very smart or very authoritative, um, trying to convince you that you need this product right, to buy. And if you do, it'll make you feel good, make you feel better. That, that's all it is, you know, so that they can get larger profits or more fame or whatever it might be. So if you're just purely non-judgmental, you'd, you'd, be a, you'd, be, you'd be conned every day of your life. Right? And so it's very important for human beings in the world to have, um, to be aware of the greed, hatred, greed, hatred and ignorance of others or people in institutions and, and have a discerning attitude towards it at the same time. 
Right? Being just non-judgmental just wouldn't take you very far in the world. Right? Take you down some difficult pathways. But when we... Um, an approach, you know, towards people like that we come across in everyday life, both things are at play. It's like you, you take someone, say you meet a, a, a stranger, some new person, you, you meet them just as they are with this non-judgmental attitude and you're not making assumptions about them or anything. It's kind of like that's the unconditional kind of default place that you start from. Um, but it, and, and if what you're getting back is, um, you know, mutual respect, you know, honesty, transparency and so on, so it, it just grows in that way. We all come across those experiences. But um, we'd have to be careful about being deceived by others, right? And that's where the discernment part comes in, you know, where we feel like we're being the object of trickery, right? We're, we're the object of someone's greed or hatred or ignorance, then we have to be alert to that and be alert to that exception. So those two things are going along together. However, if we come back to the fundamentals of practice, if we're, you know, one of the safeguards about being deceived by others, you know, and, and being manipulated by advertising, etc., is if you do start in and those... Um, kind of desires for being better, you know, higher status, more beautiful, etc. If those things fall away, those in, those things in themselves, and we're grounded in ourselves and at home in ourselves and contented in ourselves, then all of that deception just passes us by. We're not hooked by it. It can only hook you because you want something that you don't have. But if you don't, if you don't have very strong desires for things other than, you know, the, the wholesomeness of the present moment and what it brings, then you would prevent all of that occurring. So one thing that um, I, I found on the internet when I was just researching this earlier today was a, a very interesting quote by um, the Greek philosopher Aristotle. Um, Youth is easily deceived because it is quick to hope. Mm. No, where we're, we're driven by hope all the time and it's polar opposite fear, they go together. Um, as one Tibetan Rinpoche said, you know, where there's fear, there's hope, where there's hope, there's fear. While we're driven by that polarity, we're, we're, we're right to be deceived by things. But if we don't live in hope outside of the present moment and we're not driven by fear, it's kind of like we're, we're um, um, inoculated against deception. So it's important, you know, to be living in the world that both of these things come to bear in our relationships with others. It's sort of an unconditional, non-judgmental acceptance of others and the way things are. Even the acceptance of the fact that there's deception in the world, right? And at the same time, being discerning. <laughs>